Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. This is Lindsay Adams and it is my turn to do an episode this week. I'm. This is the second time I'm recording this episode because... I recorded a whole episode and then I don't know if I didn't save it properly, but when I went to upload it, there were some, it was glitchy and there were some sound problems, which I'm, you may be grateful for that because this episode is going to be way better than the one I originally recorded. And in the one that I originally recorded, I go off on a little tangent about people who are criticizing turning red. So anyway, This one's going to be much better, and today we're going to talk about how perfection culture impacts our kids. And before I get into my thoughts and opinions on this, I just wanted to remind all of you that I am coming from the experience of someone who has been a child therapist in Utah for, uh, I think, I gotta do the math, like eight, nine years now, and um, also someone who is a mom and who has grown up and lived in Utah. So, and I'll talk a lot about my love-hate relationship with Utah, and so if that doesn't apply to you, then it doesn't apply, but I think that something can be taken from this for everyone, even if you don't live in Utah, because perfection and comparison culture is everywhere, especially um, with social media and the increase in technology and social media. Also, some of this might be hard to hear, and I don't mean that in like, I'm going to roast you way, but I mean that in a way that's like, we do things all the time that inadvertently place perfection culture on our kids without realizing it. And so hearing some of these things might be like, oh, I've been doing that. And so if that's you, that's okay. We're going to talk about ways to combat that and things you can shift um, in your parenting to help so that our kids aren't feeling this weight of perfection culture. So I actually got this idea from, I've been thinking a lot about um, perfection culture in Utah in general, but then Paige and I did our free live to promote our paid workshop, Check Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself, and it's about managing your emotions as a mom. And in this live, Paige and I both shared stories of times where we had lost it with our kids and it was like not our proudest moments. And a few people had shared with us that like how much they appreciated us sharing that we lose it too, or that we're not perfect. Um, and then this got me and I think Paige thinking about how, um, we present our best selves on social media 
And because people think I'm a therapist, think I'm a therapist because I am a therapist, people maybe think that I don't make mistakes in my parenting. And I definitely do. I make them every single day. Uh, therapists, they're just like you. Um, do you remember that like Us Weekly? Like celebrities, they're just like us. It's like therapists are just like us. They yell at their kids sometimes and they say or do things that aren't the best or aren't textbook like positive or gentle parenting and that's okay so this got me thinking as a whole about like perfection culture in motherhood and it's something Paige and I talk about a long time and then diving deeper I've had a lot of clients lately who are experiencing kind of this like trickle down effect of um, feeling like they need to be perfect or there's a lot of pressure or expectations because of their parents and their parents are well-intentioned. It's not anything they are doing or, well, it's stuff they're inadvertently doing. They're not intentionally like trying to make them feel like they need to be this way, but it's how their parents show up in the world. And something that I think is important to remind ourselves all the time in our parenting, especially if you want to be like an intentional parent um, and an intentional positive parent is someone or conscious parent, whatever verbiage you want to use, is someone who thinks through the intention behind their actions in parenting and um, doesn't just kind of operate from programming that we have had as uh, from society or in our childhood. We, we're really intentional about how we're showing up in parenting. And so the thing that we need to remind ourselves of is that our children do not just learn from our words, the things we say, our tone, how we say them, they learn by watching us. And this comes from, and when we talk about perfection culture, this covers everything from talking about weight and bodies to how we handle conflict to how we handle our own mental health. They learn from watching us live our life. And that's a lot of freaking pressure, man. Like I'm even just thinking about it now. I'm like, damn, that's a lot. Um, and it can feel like a lot, but I think the, the bottom line here is that we don't have to be perfect. And by not being perfect, we model to our kids that they don't need to be perfect either and that they can struggle um, or make mistakes or have things be messy, um, literally and figuratively, and that's okay because that's that's how life is, right? And so a majority of what we teach our kids in parenting is not done through talking to them about, you know, things or teaching in the like academic sense. It is more about modeling and them watching us how we live our lives. So um, parents have inadvertently had this trickle down effect because they are feeding into caught up in the perfection culture and it it comes out on their kids. So if mom thinks that she's fat and she looks a certain way, then I must be fat because I'm bigger than her or I look like her right? Or if mom hates her appearance and talks about it openly, then I must be awful because I look like my parents or my mom. That's just one example of things that um, our kids can get caught up in. And as a culture and society, I think weight and body image are something we're getting a lot better about um, just like not talking about bodies or and in terms of like aesthetics, but talking about them in terms of function, which is really great. But then there's also this whole other realm of like influencers and Instagram and perfection culture that seeps in that has nothing to do with appearance. And that's about um, having the perfect house and the perfect yard and how people perceive us based on our behavior or how put together we are or how kind we are. So 
it, and it creates a lot of anxiety in our kids. Um, and this feeling of, I need to get straight A's or do these things perfectly because that's what my mom expects of me. Even if you don't actually expect that your kids may just assume that that's what you expect of them. So I'm going to tell you a little personal story and why this is such something I'm so passionate about and it has to do with Utah. So I have a love-hate relationship with Utah. I was born and raised here and uh, this is my home. We'll probably never leave Utah even though my husband may beg to differ there. Our family's here. It's wonderful and there is also a lot wrong with Utah and I think most people who live in Utah um, have a similar feeling or I've heard other people talk about having a similar feeling love it here it's home it's beautiful and there's a lot wrong with it here um, so I did not grow up of the predominant religion which is uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Utah which is pretty rare uh, you know it's getting maybe less rare but when I was growing up it was really rare and I actually grew up Catholic and I went to a Catholic school. So I didn't have a ton of exposure to um, Mormons, really. I I knew them. There were like a few on my street. But I wasn't someone who was like immersed in the culture. But just living in Utah, I picked up on, and this is nothing against Mormons. I just got to like throw that in there. This is... Um, it's not a like a doctrine thing. It is a culture thing that has happened. And I, and it's not necessarily the Mormon church, but a lot of people will say that that has an impact on it. So like I said, not doctrine. It's a culture thing here in Utah. Um, anyway, I still had these ideals about beauty, perfection, getting married young, having kids young that seeped into me just from living here. And that's because as humans, we all want to fit in. We all are longing for a sense of connection and community. And sometimes, and, and how we think the best way to achieve that is, is to be like other people, to do what other people are doing. And if I'm not doing what everyone else here in Utah is doing, then there must be something wrong with me or I am not good enough. And do you see where that belief or that mindset can seep into our kids, right? Because they see us falling into it just by proxy, right? And so as I got older and moved to different parts of Utah and um, got married and got to know a ton of really great um, LDS people, I, I, I fell into that more, I think, because I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be friends with people. I wanted to be accepted. And then it became about, okay, well, I want my house to look like this. I want my yard to look like this. Um, I want my kids to like be perfect and well-behaved and this presentation that gets put out there for everyone. Well, that's not the reality and no one can maintain that. Like no one can maintain perfection in all areas. And I think people are getting better about, especially with like TikTok coming up and being more um, 
popular um, and it's not as like aesthetic, right? And this isn't just like a Mormon problem in Utah. I'm just speaking from my experience and I grew up in Utah and I've lived in Utah my whole life. So that's my experience. But it's also like a cultural problem with like social media and Instagram. And you see all these people leaving Instagram and going to TikTok because TikTok isn't as curated and the aesthetic isn't all about being perfect and you can kind of just show up and be normal. And so something I, Paige and I have been saying a lot is normalize being normal. Normalize having... If you have kids having a messy house or them picking their own mismatched outfits or not having their hair done to perfection every day and behaving like children, not being these prim and proper kids who can sit still and um, behave like adults should behave. And it goes even deeper than this because we want people to view us as successful, right? A lot of the time or good at what we're doing and by doing that, we end up comparing and competing with other people and our children see us doing that. And then they feel like they need to do the same to be successful or even worse. Sometimes we get so focused or caught up in this that they think that that's a way to get our attention and to get validation and love from us is to be the best and be in all of the sports. Something I see commonly, commonly in my therapy practice is kids who come in who are in like three different sports, they play piano or another instrument, um, and then they do their like weekly church activity, and they are just busy from uh, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m., get up, go to school, they're expected to have amazing grades, be on competition, sports teams, play an instrument, be active in their church, and it is just too much for a young kid. Kids need to play, kids need to rest, and what we are doing to our kids when we overbook them or over pressurize I don't even know if that's a word put so much pressure on these things as we are telling them that they're not good enough how they are if they're honestly interested in the sport and they want to play that's great and they're naturally competitive that's great but a lot of parents push the extracurriculars or the things because of how it reflects back on them or how it makes them look or feel as a parent And I think it's easy to get caught up in feeling like, well, I'm not a good parent if my kid isn't taking piano and I'm not giving them all the opportunities in the world. Like I said in the beginning, this isn't stuff that's like malintentioned. This is good intention. Parents, we are trying to give our kids the best, but we're doing it from a place of this is how culture and society has programmed us us to give our kids the best. And that's not actually what they need. What they need is our time, attention, and love. And they need to be allowed to be who they are and explore their interests, whatever they are, if they have them, and not be pressured or pushed into participating in all these things or um, being so active that they're not bored and they don't have downtime. And when kids are constantly stimulated like that, this is like a side rant, um, they don't have the freedom to be bored. And bored is where like problem solving skills and creativity comes in. So anyway, we have these kids that are burnout trying to do all the things. And what we are doing is then creating adults who feel like they need to do all the things to get love, attention, affection, and approval. And that is where you get people who burn out or who, you know, work so hard and don't take care of themselves themselves, and then they have major medical issues or mental health issues later. So all I'm saying is that as a society, we need to move to allowing ourselves to not be perfect so that we can show our kids that they don't have to be perfect. Allowing our kids to rest by resting ourselves and showing our kids 
that rest is important and valuable. We communicate through how we live our life. And I'm sure there are ways that you're thinking of now that you can adjust your life to meet even just a little bit, right? To allow your child to see that perfection isn't necessary and that life is about connection and showing up and loving people and not about how it looks on the outside to everyone, whether that's on social media or whatever. And in this generation, we're kind of the first generation of parents that are battling technology and as much social media, um, and we talked about this in the bullying episode, but as much social media being a, like a part of the day-to-day life that we need to teach our kids how to manage that in a way that is like not comparing themselves to other people, recognizing the impact that it has on their mental health by, by doing that ourselves, right. By having conversations and saying, you know, scrolling Instagram today, I found myself comparing myself to other people. So I decided to take a little Instagram break and just not look at my phone for a few hours or a few days or whatever. And this allows, um, our kids to see that, Oh, like I'm not the only one that struggles with comparison comparison. And when I'm on Instagram, I may be having these same reactions. Another thing that's really important I wanted to talk about is something called repairing after rupture. And this has to do with managing our own emotions and something we'll go like more deeply into and check yourself. So if you struggle with managing your emotions in your interactions with your kids, you definitely need to sign up for that. It will be so helpful for you. But this also is a way that we can communicate to our kids that they don't need to be perfect. So I told the story in the live that we did in our Facebook group about how my kids made a big mess and I yelled at them and I sent them to their rooms. It was actually just my girls. I yelled at them. I sent them to their rooms. I felt terrible about yelling at them and cause that's my own crap and I'll deal with that. But like, um, I am crying and mopping and crying and mopping and I calmed down I went in and I had a conversation with them and I apologize for yelling at them. And I allowed them to share how it felt with me. Um, they do it automatically. I don't really have to ask because I've always kind of done this with them, but you can ask if this is like a new thing. Um, so I said, I'm really sorry I yelled at you. I shouldn't have yelled at you. I, I am working on controlling my emotions better. And Ava said, you really scared me, mom. And that was like a knife in the freaking heart as a parent. And and my reaction could have been, well, yeah, then don't like, you need to listen or, uh, don't make a mess or whatever. Like instead of really taking accountability for that and holding space for her feelings, because in that moment it's about her and what she needs. And, and I said, I, I, that probably would have scared me too, if I were you and I'm really sorry. And then I, I work on like reconnecting with them by doing something fun after they've talked to other things, oh, I guess I should say, um, before I get too ahead of myself, they were like, it's okay, mom, just don't do it again, which I thought was so cute. Both of them like, it's okay, just don't do it again, which is kind of like what I say when they do things like they like hit each other, or like whatever. I'm like, just don't do it again. So I love that they use my own lingo on me. So anyway, and then I focus on like reconnecting with them. We do something to shift the vibe, shift the energy, get the relationship back on track. It can be snuggles, one-on-one time, puzzles, coloring, whatever works for you and your family. And then later we can go back and talk about what everyone could have done differently. Like they could have asked me to make juice instead of trying to make it themselves. And I could have had them help me clean it up instead of yelling at them. And so later, once everyone's calmed down, we talk through it. And 
I broke that down. If you're interested in like the managing your emotions part, sign up for check yourself before you wreck yourself. But the part about is what repairing after rupture does to our kids is it communicates to them that they don't have to be perfect because we're not perfect. I can own my stuff and I can say, Hey, I am not perfect. And I made this mistake and I'm sorry that I yelled at you and I can sit with that and allow them to share their feeling. And so what we are modeling to our kids is one great communication and conflict resolution skills. And we're showing them that if we're not perfect, even in our interactions with them, then they don't have to be perfect. They can come and talk to us and say, this is what's going on or this is what I'm struggling with. They can make mistakes. And that is such a powerful thing. We want to communicate to our kids that humans are messy and normal. And and when I say messy, I mean literally and figuratively, right? Like, and, and we have big emotions and we have reactions and we make mistakes and making mistakes is normal. Another great way to do this is I've heard people at, um, they do like at the dinner table or at the end of the day, they share like a lesson they learned or a mistake they made and it's celebrated like the family claps because they talk about, I learned this today or I failed at this today and, or I messed this one up big time today. And that's good because I'm celebrating that I'm not perfect and that I'm a human that's learning and growing and changing. Also, when we don't communicate these things to our kids, um, that it's okay to be normal. It's okay to make mistakes. And it's one thing to say it, but to show it like with action is a totally different thing. We keep them from being able to sit with like really hard feelings and intense emotions so that when those things do come up or they do have times where they feel really guilty or really ashamed, they feel like the worst person in the world and they hold on to that shame and they beat themselves up over it. Whereas if we can make these conversations and sharing our mess ups, a normal part of a family where we forgive and move forward and try and be better. That helps them and their self-worth as well, because then they can say like, oh, I am not the worst person in the world because I made a mistake. My mom makes mistakes. My dad makes mistakes. My siblings make mistakes. My friends make mistakes. And I'm just going to learn and grow and be better instead of sitting in that shame of like, I am so awful because I was mean to my friend this one day or whatever happened. So I hope that was useful for you just to re just to recap. I don't know why I can't talk today, guys. Just to recap, perfection culture and comparison culture seeps into our kids and makes them feel like they need to be perfect. And the way it seeps in is through our modeling um, by how we show up and live our own lives and what we communicate to them about our own lives and also how we show up in our relationships with them. And it is not something that parents intentionally do, I think. I think it's um, totally unintentional, but can be really harmful and put a lot of pressure on our kids. And the best way to combat that is by being authentic, being real, sharing your mistakes, allowing your children to express themselves and be messy and not need to be perfect all the time. Also communicating how social media and Instagram affect your mental health, how you can compare and helping your kids to not fall into that same trap, apologizing when we make mistakes and talking about our mistakes and celebrating our mistakes because they are such an important part of life. So I hope this episode was useful. I can't remember a damn thing I said because I completely black out when I'm recording. So I'll see you guys next week.
Hey, it's Paige. If you or someone you know is looking for therapeutic services, I'm accepting new clients in Idaho over telehealth or in person. So go ahead and check me out at www.parentingwithpage.com, skim my bio, and contact me via the contact form. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.